Non-rock-a-boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? You're delusional. Delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yes! Yes! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go in the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. Well, I, yeah. got, I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. No. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when no. they're not. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Gospel Heard Around the World. This is Apologia Radio. As always, you can get us at ApologiaRadio.com, A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A, Radio.com. That's where you guys can get all the past episodes. You can share, share them with your frenzies, your brosifs, your family, frenzies. everyone that your you dogs. please. Your dogs, like this guy over here. Your doggies. You. We got a camera on him and he's acting up. That's right. So, and you may uh, not know this if you just downloaded the audio, but we have right now the 360 camera rolling in the studio, rolling the studio. Rolling. They see me filming. (laughs) This is the first 360 episode we've done. So if you are listening from the website right now, you can run over to YouTube, Apologia Studios on YouTube, and you can actually watch this episode. 360 version where you can actually join us in the studio and move your mouse around that's right like right now people are maybe looking at me no they're looking at me and then they can move over look at you I'm pretty sure they're, or and they're gonna move back over if here if you have the app on your phone they're probably you can just turn actually it they're probably it. just like all staring you know what at you, i think it should Luke. be set up so that it automatically goes to the voice that would be interesting. Well, then, then, no. there's, no, then there's no freedom for the person to, to do whatever they that like. That was a joke. Right. It's really cool. And, you know, my kids were tripping out over it. My wife was tripping out over it. It's really cool. You can look up to the ceiling right now. Yeah. And you can see this. Actually, the studio is pretty grungy outside of the little set. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually pretty ugly in here. <laughs> it's not as nice there as... There goes the magic. Yeah, there's the magic. It's all gone. It's but all it's, gone. it's worth it. It's worth it. Over on that side of the studio, if you look over there, you'll see the green wall. And you'll see uh, the, stu- the the room where... And they might be able to see a woodpecker back there. The woodpecker there. Hey. Back on the ones and twos. Hey, you there? Hey. Yep. yep. And so oh. it's really cool. Uh, we are. We have officially. Oh, my phone's oh, going hey. off in the show. Yeah. Wow. That was one of the biggest radio sins ever. So professional uh, to have your uh, phone go off Let in the middle of the show. The yeah. Make sure. You, yeah, make sure yours phone. is done. So. Um, so yeah, this is really cool. First Christian radio program to ever do their ever. show. We're game changers. Three sixty version. You guys can join us in the studio. So come check it out. YouTube, Apologia Studios. Speaking of that, go to YouTube, Apologia Studios, and get a bunch of other resources, sermons, actual conversation, and audio with people who are Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, atheists, all kinds of stuff, uh, agnostic uh, that's on there. So check it out. Go over there, get the resources, and ApologiaRadio.com is where you guys, get, you guys go to get more 
from Apologia Church. You guys can get, obviously, Apologia Radio episodes. You can also get Apologia TV, the Apologia After Show. You can also get Apologia Academy, where we actually train you on theological issues, apologetics. And right now, Apologia Academy, the Apologetics uh, 101 to the Glory of God, is up. And more um, of those sessions are, are going to be uploaded over the next couple of weeks. We've actually completed five of them. Two are up right now. The other ones are coming up very, very soon. You guys can get trained in apologetics and theology. John Sampson, uh, Ten Bruggenkate, those are next on the list. We have some really cool stuff coming. And uh, you can and get all, all the stuff from the Muslim conference that's going to happen this weekend, That's too. right. That's right. You can get all that at Apologia. Um, Radio.com and get the Apologia All Access. Of course, I want to say to you guys, I know we have a big show for you guys today, very excited about it, but I'm going to say to everybody that um, gives and donates to this ministry, to the Ministry of Apologia Church, and you're part of um, our All Access, I want to say to you, thank you uh, with all my heart. Um, you make all this happen. This ministry doesn't take place without you, and so I want to tell you how grateful I am for you. Um, and, and also a shout-out to the donors and supporters of Apologia Church. Um, we have um, a new new donor, and that is Mission, Mission, Mission Aware. Aware. Mission Aware at hey. missionaware.com. Uh, Marcus has a shirt on right now. Uh, it's Martin a, Luther. It's a Luther quote. Uh, it says, We old folks have to find our cushions and pillows in our tankard, strong beer is the milk of the old. Martin Luther. Okay. <laughs> and mine is a quote from Spurgey. You guys can actually see that right now if you're actually in the 360. And it uh, talks about beards being very manly and Growing biblical. Growing beard is a habit most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial That's by Charles right. Spurgeon. And uh, this is actually from our catechism. Uh, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Psalms, I think it's from our catechism. Psalm six is my catechism. It's my catechism. My catechism. Ours was first. Mine. Mine. <laughs> mine. 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 Um, Psalm sixteen eleven. What is man's uh, primary purpose? What is man's chief end? To glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. It's so awesome seeing the kids at Apologia Church uh, recite that. I love it. Yes. Psalm 1611, in His presence is fullness of joy. In His right hand are pleasures forever. So, uh, missionaware.com, they are our um, supporters. They donate to Apologia Church and our mission on a regular basis, and so we're grateful for them. Go over to missionaware.com. You guys can get stuff from them. And we have a new supporter. We a have new a new spot. donor. A big one. Yes. yes. And... And they, they contacted them. us. They reached out to us. And tell them about it real fast. It's Olive Tree. Olive Tree. It's a Bible app. That's right. Man, oh, I thought it was Olive Garden. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Pasta fajul. No, I've been no, eating no, there. No, you were like, all right, unlimited bread. Right. I've, I've been eating there to try to reciprocate. <laughs> Man, I give them all this money. <laughs> no, it's Jeez. Olive Tree. I Olive Garden was a supporter of our ministry. Uh. Yes. Endless salads. Yeah, so That's all, really uh, disappointing. Pasta fajoule. <laughs> so Olive Tree is like Logos, except the difference is, uh, unlike Logos where you got to buy entire packages, you can buy everything a la carte, and it's more geared towards like the individual user. Ah, and A la carte like ah, Olive Garden. And they have a, <laughs> a much better uh, mobile app experience than Logos. Okay, all right. And they are now uh, supporters and donors to Apologia Church. Apologia. And they have really cool. I downloaded it. It's really cool. So. Hey, guys. So go bless them. If this show blesses you, yeah, go you know, bless them. You know how you do that? How? How? You go to olivetree.com slash Apologia. Okay. And then you enter the code Apologia20. And then there's a list of resources that you're going to find Spot. that are good okay. for our listeners. Okay. And you can buy those resources like commentaries on Calvin or whatever nice. for the app. And you get 20% discount using a poly- code Apologia20. Oh, oh, wow. Hey, so, hey guys, for you guys that are big, like, longtime listeners and fans of the show and supporters of the ministry, 
go check out those 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 um, Christian uh, companies, and I mean they support us. They 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 help to make this happen. So if you're listening to this show, like you know. It takes the body of Christ to make this happen, right? And here we have all these different now avenues as to how that's taking place. And so go, go bless them. Mission Aware has great stuff. Go look at their stuff. Go, give them, go get a shirt from them and tell them thank you for supporting Apologia. Um, and then obviously we've got our wonderful beard uh, balms and oils. Yukon's beard. Yukon's beard. Yeah, they're just oil. Oh, just the oils. Yeah, so Yukon's beard. This is actually vanilla ice pick to the 360 listeners. And... I think 360 has a special technology where you can like smell it. (laughs) (laughs) People are trying to smell their screens right now. There you go. Man. All right. So, hey, we're grateful to everybody who makes this happen. And speaking of stuff that's happening, one one of the ways like, like all this actually happens is obviously you guys supporting... But in your supporting this, like more stuff happens than just right here in the studio. For example, um, I am going to be going to the Bonson Conference, um, and that is in California, Torrance, California. The Bonson Conference, I am honored to be a part of that. You have some really amazing guys going to teach. Mark Rush Dooney, Joel McDermott, Scott Oliphant, and more. Cy Tenbrug and Kate, we're going to be yeah. speaking. And I just recently discovered I'm actually going to be in a debate uh, at that conference, Cy and myself, I believe, are on a panel versus um, some uh, atheists. And I guess one of them is a pretty well-known atheist, Bruce the Atheist. Uh, he's an internet atheist, pretty well-known. Um, and so he'll be debating us. And so that's happening in Torrance, California, the Bonson Conference. By the time this comes out, it'll be this weekend, mm-hmm. right? Basically, is when that's taking place. Uh, Not this week. It'll be this comes yeah, out. Yeah. This okay. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Yes. okay, so the Bonson Conference, go. Muslim Conference is tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Google that joint find out how you guys can go if you're in california and come say hi to me well, i'd, love, I'd know, love to meet you you don't have to be in california to go you can just get on a plane and go that's true that's true and we will be doing yes. footage we will be getting footage and we're filming things at the bonson conference right that's yes. right okay so um let's let's talk about apologetics today let's talk about uh apologetics to the glory of god we're going to play some clips i'm going to i sense atheist i got i got atheism on the mind since I got atheism yeah. on the mind, we'll maybe engage some atheistic stuff today. And let's do it by way of extending the conversation we had on the last episode that had a question of eschatology involved. Uh, eschatology uh, comes from the Greek words for last things um, and uh, eschatos and logos. And so eschatology is the study of last things. It's an important subject and particularly becomes an important subject in the area of apologetics to atheists and to Muslims. And let me tell you why. Um, we had brought up in the last episode that the book of Revelation has some statements. I'm going to go ahead and read those uh, statements to you uh, by, uh, recorded by the Apostle John. Uh, this is from the Lord Jesus. It's really important. Let me just, just listen to this real fast. It's important. Uh, Revelation chapter 1. Uh, this is powerful. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, listen closely, the things that must soon take place. The things that must soon take place. Now verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it. Listen, for the time is near. And then there's more. You move down just a bit into verse 6. Just before it says, To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He's made us a kingdom. Okay, that's that's present tense in John's day. Behold, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And I mentioned 
A lot of those people hanging out today? Hardly. And if you move to the end of Revelation, there's more. At the last chapter of Revelation, Revelation 22, listen closely. It says, verse 7, And behold, I am coming soon. I am coming soon. Verse 10 now of chapter 22. And he said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Now watch this. You'll notice that if you know your Old Testament, that the Apostle John is actually quoting directly from the Old Testament here. And that is in a different way, though, because he actually changes it. In Daniel chapter 12, Old Testament book, 600 years at least before Christ, it says, uh, or at, at least approximately 600 years, it says this um, in verse, uh, let's see, verse 3. And, and those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn away to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, listen closely to this, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. See that? Until the time of the end. Now you move down, watch. Verse 13 of chapter 12 of Daniel, but go your way till the end and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of days. And it talks about in this book, sorry, verse nine is what I was trying to read there. Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. And it talks about in this text that it's for many days from now. Okay, now notice in Revelation, John says coming soon, coming quickly. The time is is near. And then he says, he's told, do not seal up the book. Now, if the things in Daniel's book, he was told to seal up the book for it's for many days from now. And then Revelation, he's told, don't seal the book because the time is near. What are you thinking concerning time? Is this something way far off in the future, or is this something very near? Now, there's more in Revelation chapter 22, and believe me, there's a reason, and you're going to hear in just a moment, as to why this is so critically important to get right. In Revelation 22, uh, verse 20, he says, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. So what's the context? If you read this, this book in the first century, he's coming soon. Mm-hmm. His reward is with him. He's coming quickly. Don't seal the book up. Every eye is going to see him, including the ones who pierced him. I'm going to take a guess. Yes. What are you going to guess? Does it mean he's coming soon? Yeah. I'm going to say that's what it means. (laughs) But there's more. There's more. And we're going to take a break after a few of these verses. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. But there actually is more in the New Testament regarding time indicators. And that's going to bring us into our discussion with atheists. I'm going to play you a clip between Christopher Hitchens and Douglas Wilson Hmm. where this exact problem came up. And I'm going to play you a clip between a Muslim and a Christian where this issue came up. A couple more verses. Listen closely and we'll come to break, okay? In uh, Matthew 3.2, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 3.7, who warned you to flee from the wrath about to come? That's John the Baptist to the uh, religious establishment of his day. Matthew 3.10, the axe is already laid at the root of the trees. The axe is at the roots. It's not even, it's, it's been swung. The winnowing fork is in his hand, Matthew 3.12. Matthew 4.17, the kingdom of heaven is in hand. Matthew 10.7, the kingdom of heaven is in hand. Matthew 10.23, now stop. Please, listen. This is powerful. Matthew 10.23, you shall not finish going through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. So they haven't done that yet, right? (laughs) That's incontrovertible brothers and sisters that's something that actually Sproul points out in his book The Last Days According to Jesus that's vitally important to get listen closely it says in um, 
uh, Matthew uh, 16.28, Mark 9.1, Luke 9.27. There are some of those who are standing here who shall not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Matthew 24.34, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. I can go on with at least a hundred more. What you're saying is we need to find those guys they're still alive and kill them and then Jesus will return. Yeah, that's how so, you bring about the rapture. So, so do, you, do you see how important this is? Now watch this. I'm going to extend it. I'm going to extend it for a moment now. I'm going to extend this and let you hear the unbelieving world actually read their Bibles better than some Christians do mm. in the sense of just reading the text and letting it speak. But I'm going to show you why this is such an important apologetic issue and you had better and I had better have a consistent biblical answer. Hang on because it's coming right after this. I'm going to play you some neat clips. This is like an all apologetics episode of ApologiaRadio.com. All apologetics. King Ginger. What? 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 King Ginger. And we got... Puddles the dog. Puddles in 360. <laughs> and me the ninja. Hey, guess what you can see right now? You can see Randy. Hey. hey. Randy. He is the man that makes it all happen. Steady Randy. He makes it happen with the... Steady Randy. Yeah. He makes it all happen with the cameras. Now you get to look at him. Check him out. Move the jib up for him yeah, sometimes. Yeah, say, 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 there you go. Check it out. He's going to move the jib you for you. Right Andy now. Randy. <laughs> the steady Randy. Look at uh, There you go. Uh, That's what Randy yeah. does. Yeah. Nobody does it better. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Go, I go feel to, bad for all the people listening in their car go, right go now. To YouTube, like, go to YouTube. You can watch it in 360. All right, guys. We love you. And we'll catch you after the break. Ladies and gentlemen, beauties and beasts, I have some good news for you. But in order for me to tell you the good news, I must share with you the bad. A beard can be a most magnificent thing, but it can also be the downfall of a man. An unmaintained beard prevents a face from shining. An unmaintained beard causes dry, itchy skin. An unmaintained beard is a source of beardruff. You know, like dandruff, but beardruff. An unmaintained beard is sharp and ruthless, like iron bristles, not good for the lady friend. An unmaintained beard forfeits future growth based on the lack of preparation today. And let's not forget that an unmaintained beard robs your face from smelling amazing. Let not thy beard be thy downfall protect your manlyhood an epic combination of manliness and manhood if you are hearing this today there is hope for your beard go to youcosbeard.com and enter the code apologia and you can save some money while you save your face To my story about a man named Jed Poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed And then one day he was shooting at some food And up through the ground come a bubbling crude Oil, oh, that is Black gold Texas tea So, not all of our listeners have the same musical inter- interests A lot of listeners... No. Send me messages, and they say, Hey, Jeff, where was that track you played in that episode at such and such a time? I get that often, and I'm sure you get the same thing. We actually do All get that a lot. Yeah. They say, I love that. How'd you, uh, how'd you get that? What was that? But I want to make sure that we play music that's appealing to those who maybe... everyone. They're, they're not, as, they're not as, as into maybe some of the more modern stuff. And so right. we'll go ahead and play that for people. That, you know, I'm a wide spectrum. Let everybody enjoy it. I like bluegrass. Do you? I was brought up on it. 
You're brought up. I was I was raised on the bluegrass. I was, I was, I was brought I was up raised on the bluegrass. I was raised on the blue. <laughs> <laughs> Down by the river. All right. So hey, this is an important subject. Um, yeah, I mean, you're not really Southern Baptist unless you have like Southern bluegrass gospel, you know, worship services. Yeah. 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 My wife's into that stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, actually, when we had our camp, she played some great stuff. Patsy Klein and, oh. yeah. The ragtime players for Jesus are playing tonight at 6 o'clock down the street. We're going to have fried chicken and biscuits. Hey, speaking <laughs> of. listen to the Happy, the happy Goodmans? Uh, no. My wife has a Happy Goodmans record. Okay, well, why am I thinking of a. I don't know. I'm thinking of an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> That's Happy Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Oh, okay, okay. So right. speaking of... Uh, <laughs> I was confused. Uh, I was speaking like... of uh, music, how about some of the worst music... Oh, my gosh. ...in the history of music? This is amazing. How about some of the worst music in the history amazing. of all music? This is actually the worst church singer ever on YouTube, and this is a guy... He's really cocky. I mean, he's yeah. at a church, and he's real. Okay, just, I'll just play okay. it. I'll just play okay. it. One that has made me pretty famous over the last few years... Um, oh, he's famous, all right. A lot of places I didn't think I would be at. Um, like Apology Radio. Stage, New Year's Eve 2002, uh, with one of the best quartets out there today, Brian Free and Assurance. And I was pl- uh, privileged to be able to sing this one with Brian Free. And uh, I don't know if I beat him that night or not, but ever since uh, then we've had competitions. I've worn him out. Um, not to make me look good or anything but that's what happened <laughs> that's great. i love it <laughs> but uh this is one that also uh my friends at my hometown church gospel light baptist church in salisbury north carolina has uh, really made uh their that top like choice light? so therefore we we'll finish off with this one it's called looking for city looking for city that the actual name of the church gospel light here we go i guess so. stuck on that yeah oh he wasn't ready. <laughs> he wasn't ready. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to start out with him. <laughs> He's like, oh, you threw me off. Looking for a city built above. Looking for a city where I'll never die. Where the saint in millions never say goodbye. There we'll meet our Savior. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Randy, should have warned him to turn we're, the we're, volume. Wow, why do I feel out of breath? We're, we're, <laughs> we're wearing our headsets, and Randy can hear it across the room. I think so. Um, all right, wow. here we go. Back to the subject at hand. All right, so we have to, I think, um, handle properly the Word of God concerning the imminent judgment texts in the New Testament. It's unavoidable. Now, listen. If we have a system that cannot address plainly and clearly the clear timing indication text in the New Testament, then we have a system that does not comport with the biblical text. Now, is this, is this subject something important? Someone says, oh, I don't know if eschatology is that important. Listen, um, scripture, theology um, is a network of things. It's not 
things uh, marked out all by themselves with, with no attachment to anything else. It is a network of things that hold together consistent, consistently and with unity. And so the issue of eschatology is vitally important again, because if you get this wrong, you get so much else wrong in your theology. And if you get this wrong, you actually damage the integrity of our Savior by saying things about his statements that he did not in fact say or mean, and you actually hand ammunition to the unbelieving world that they ought not have because you have a particular system that forces texts future to us that are plainly first century generation time texts. And so here we go. This is an example of why eschatology is so important and why it's important for us to get the timing indication passages of the, of the New Testament right. This is Christopher Hitchens at Westminster Seminary with Douglas Wilson. And in this clip, Christopher Hitchens, well-known atheist who is actually dead now and a creationist, um, he um, brings up the question of the failed prophecy of Jesus. I want you to listen to him bring it up because it comes up all the time. It was, it was his chestnut argument, and uh, I, want you, I want you to hear Wilson respond. It was the Roman Empire didn't do this. No, it was the, he said, this, gener- this generation will not pass away until all these things will, are fulfilled. Oh. The sun, the, the, the moon, hang on a second. This is really important, actually. I know it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, when, Jesus, when Jesus says in Matthew 24, the, moon's, the sun's going to go out and the stars fall from the heavens, he's quoting from Isaiah 13 and Isaiah 34. Um, there's decreation language throughout the Old Testament. Every time it occurs in the Old Testament, it always refers to a dis- military destruction of a nation or a city-state. Always. In Isaiah 13, an oracle against the king of Babylon. And then you have the same decreation language. Then Jesus says in Matthew 24, not one stone's going to be left on another. The disciples say, when it's going to happen? Jesus quotes Isaiah. So Jesus is not talking about the end of the space-time universe. He simply isn't has nothing whatever to do with that. It has to do with the destruction of Jerusalem, which happened within one generation, just as Jesus said, authenticating have, him as a prophet. Don't you have an abnormally unsuspicious mind? If you, if you see someone saying, I'm saying this so the prophecies can be fulfilled, he knows what the prophecies are. So, so that was one of Christopher Hitchens' uh, favorite arguments against Jesus, that Jesus didn't know the timing of his own coming. Gone. And Wilson ended it. Boom. He has no response except to say, well, you just don't you have like a you don't have a very <laughs> suspicious a kind mind. of mind. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it, you know, that people can just fulfill yeah. their own prophecies. But that's yeah. the, he did not have a response to the text. By the way, I didn't have the clip set up right. I thought I had Hitchens quick response there. But basically it brings up the fact that Jesus had a false prophecy. He said he was returning in that generation in judgment, essentially, is the mm-hmm. point. And, and from Christopher's perspective, because of Christians who put those texts future to us, Jesus is a false prophet. Because Jesus plainly said that generation that he was returning in judgment, plainly. Mm -hmm. And Hitchens picks up on that, and he brings it to Wilson, who handles the text exegetically, faithfully, and in a relevant way, and it takes away his argument. Yes. I just want to say that speaking of Doug Wilson... Ah, yes. Go ahead. (laughs) The free speech apocalypse. Yes, sir. The free speech apocalypse. There's going to be a screening here in Tempe. Yes, sir. That's right. What? A, a screening, screening here in Tempe of the free speech apocalypse at Marcus, Arizona, are you, Arizona Mills. Are you November going? 5th. I'm going. I'm going. We're all going. Are you going? I, I will definitely be there. Uh, Randy, are you going? Randy is going. Carmen, are you going? 
I want to. Yeah! <laughs> Will you give me a ride? Yeah, we'll <laughs> make sure you get a ride. We'll make sure you get a ride. Aww. So, uh, it's going to happen November 5th? <laughs> Just spend the night at Marcus's and you can go with Is me. Is that right? November 5th? I, I, you guys yeah, can have November your sleepover. 5th. This is a Thursday, the first Thursday after Halloween. So, it's happening, yeah, across the nation in a few select, select five, theaters. Five theaters. But it's happening in Tempe. So, if you're in Arizona, come say hi to us. That's you, right. You do have to actually sign up online. We'll make sure you guys get a link to get that. Get the movie tickets. Yeah, and that'll to, be up in the next few days. Yeah. I'm sure it's probably up by now. Yeah, apologiaradio.com for more information. And don't forget, all of our All Access listeners are going to get to watch the Free Speech Apocalypse, a.k.a. Stonewall, uh, for a 24-hour period before. before that. Yeah. Right. So yeah. this is an addition. So I, I would say if you're an Apology All Access member and you watch the movie and then you have the option to go to a theater that it's playing at near you. Do that too. Both of them. And show the theaters that this is a profitable beast of a movie. Yes, sir. And that it should be nationwide. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, let's go and do another one. So this is another example. This is our friend Edward Dalcour, Dr. Edward Dalcour. We had an amazing episode with Edward Dalcour. It's somewhere in our archive under Duck Fights, Oneness, and something else. Edward Dalcour. Let me tell you right now. If you haven't listened to the past episodes, that is one you must listen to. It is absolutely amazing. And if you um, disagree with him, he will tear you in half as like one would tear a goat. Yes, he, he used to be on the power team. Uh, remember the power team? He was in the power team and he used to rip things in half and I, blow I up water bottles. You don't team. know the power team? You know who the power team is? Is power that team. where they'd rip phone books? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah when well, okay. he was on the power team, he's friends nice. with Dr. White. He is absolutely brilliant. He's one of my favorites. And uh, so this is Edward Dalcour, Dr. Edward Dalcour. Uh, What's up with all these theologians that can beat you up intellectually and physically? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> all right, so this is uh, uh, Edward uh, debating a Muslim apologist. And listen to the Muslim bring this issue up. I'm going through verses um, about these verses about if Jesus about the prophecies that he made. I'm going to give them to you. You look them up later. Um, the prophet, uh, prophecy where it talks about the false prophets, Deuteronomy 18, 2022. Uh, false prophecies now by Jesus. Okay, so what's he bringing up? Deuteronomy 18, 20 through 22. God says, uh, and, and if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When the prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, and the thing does not follow nor comes to pass, that is the word which the Lord hath not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You should not be afraid of him. Deuteronomy 18, 20 through 22. I have that memorized. Right. He stole our argument. Because we use that all the time in our encounters with Jehovah's Witnesses, with Mormons and any false prophet that if your prophet quote-unquote prophet has one false prophecy that disqualifies them according to God's holy law from being a prophet now watch this it is unfair for us as Christians to apply one standard to Joseph Smith and that same standard to, to Muhammad and the same standard to Charles Taze Russell and Judge Rutherford and Mary Baker Eady it's un, it's unfair and it's just simply inconsistent for us to apply that standard to those prophets, but not apply the same biblical law to the Lord Jesus. This is what he brings up. One false prophecy disqualifies you. Now listen to where he goes with it. Book of Mark, chapter 13, verses 1 through 30. He said, this generation shall certainly not pass away till you see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. The word generation is genea in Hebrew or, 
or Greek, which means according to the Greek lexicon, whoever Jesus was talking to at that time, that generation, is who we refer to. That generation. He is absolutely right. Yeah. Except that it's Greek, not Hebrew. It, it just, it's just Greek. The word I'm that giving him a thumbs it up. It refers, yeah, good job. It refers to that generation. Every time in the New Testament, that this generation is, refer, is, is, is used, that phrase, it refers to the generation then being spoken to. When it's when it's used in that in that way, and so it's not referring to some distant generation, some idea of race or something like that. It refers to that actual generation. This man is absolutely one hundred percent correct. Generation died; they will never come back. That is a prophecy that cannot come true in no way, shape, or form, according to the exorcist of what the word genea means. Generation. This generation shall certainly not pass away. Let me give you another one. Book of Book of Luke, chapter nine, verse twenty-three, verse twenty-seven. Uh, that was said, then he said to them all, but whoever loves his life for me will save it. And then he ended by saying, I tell you the truth, some who are standing here, if you don't believe that the word Jenea means you who I'm talking to, he further pinpointed and says, I tell you the truth, some who are standing here in front of me will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, that was 2,000 years ago. Those people are dead and ice. They will never come back. Continuing, if you cannot be a prophet of God, if you cannot make the requirements of a prophet, how can you be God? And again, I stated that no place within the Bible, Jesus Christ states that he is God. Right, Jesus different, Christ states... Different, different subject now. I just want to say yeah. how incredibly uncomfortable it is to like be in being agreeing with a Muslim's interpretation yeah. of scripture. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be like, amen, pastor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's good. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. So watch. What, okay. So, so is it important that we get the issue right? It's important, not just because we want to handle the scriptures right, rightly, but we also need to handle this correctly because we give ammunition to the unbelievers when we hand to them an unbiblical analysis of the text that places something like that future to us because they will end up using it to try to tear down the integrity of Jesus. If you take clear texts that refer to that generation and you force them future to us, it makes Jesus a false prophet. Because Jesus clearly said it before they died, that generation. And when Jesus says in the book of Revelation, coming quickly, every eye will see, even those who pierced me, the time is near. All those statements clearly indicate a soon coming judgment of the Lord Jesus. Why is it important to get this right? Because it has to do with the integrity of our Bibles and the integrity of the Lord Jesus Christ. The texts plainly say, what they say. And the glorious thing, brothers and sisters, is that all of it happened exactly, exactly as Jesus promised. Before that generation passed away, that temple was destroyed, not one stone left upon another. There were wars and rumors of wars and famines and pestilence and earthquake. The, all the texts that Jesus actually quotes from, from Isaiah, that describe the destruction of a nation. He applied to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was destroyed. They were slaughtered, sent off into exile. All of that took place. The great harlot was judged. 
The great harlot was judged. The beast turned on her exactly as Revelation says. Rome turned on her, destroyed her, made her desolate, burned her with fire, exactly like Revelation says, to make way for the bride of Christ, the new Jerusalem, while the old one was destroyed. The judgment coming of Christ happened exactly as the Lord Jesus said. So when John says in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, he's coming soon, he's coming quickly, brothers and sisters, he meant it. Mm. And the glory that we have ahead of us as Christians is 1 Corinthians 15. He's reigning now. He's putting all of his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be defeated is death. And that's when Jesus returns not to bring the kingdom. 1 Corinthians 15 says, not to bring the kingdom, but to deliver the kingdom over to the Father after all things have been put in subjection to Jesus. Brothers and sisters, our future is glorious And I want to say this, we have the great hope of Christ's coming and resurrection, but when that comes, guess what? Guess what, y'all? It's going to be in victory. Yes, sir. Amen. In total victory. With the world, nations, tribes, tongues, languages, everybody converted to Jesus through his glorious gospel. It's my belief as a Calvinist in the absolute sovereignty of God that God has the power to save the world. And I believe that he's given us to the promise that he's going to do it. Mm. And the book of Revelation says that before the throne of God, there are there is going to be a mass of humanity without number. Do you catch that? Without number. Now, brothers and sisters, when you think about that, without number, I would say we have a long way to go. Yeah. A long way to go. And I and I say this, that might jolt some Christians today to say, "Oh man, that just completely changed my perspective." I hope so. I hope we change perspectives as, as Christians into what Jesus said. And that is, you pray for this. His, his name be holied. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth. Amen. As it is in heaven. How do we do it? You get your hands dirty, y'all. <laughs> and you get out there and you open your mouth and you proclaim the good news to the world. And God opens eyes. God, give, God gives hearing. God changes hearts. People transform to the glory of God. And as people become lovers of God, they become lovers of God and men. And the world experiences the transformational blessings of the gospel. When people's hearts have God's law written on them, that actually blesses the world. It just does. And that takes place only because God saves and saves by his grace through faith only in what Christ has accomplished as a gift gift that's what paul says in romans 3 it's a gift 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 amen y'all all right so here we go that was the first i told you it's an all apologetics episode yeah i told you you did tell us and so we're gonna do more <laughs> i got atheism on the brain on the brain so we're gonna talk about atheism all play, right i'm gonna play you a clip when we get back from bruce the atheist who's i guess one of the guys i'm debating i just learned about him and so i'm play a little clip and we're going to address some things. We're going to answer it. And hopefully you guys are blessed by it. Do you have something you want to say? No? I just can't stop staring at your Mission Aware shirt for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, that's a beautiful shirt. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. I've got nothing to do with it. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys for watching us on 360. That's pretty awesome. Look at me. Look at me. Don't look oh, at me. him. Me. Look at me. Me, 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 me. Okay. All right, guys. Be right back. Take a little break. ApologiaRadio.com. That's where you get us. 
What's up, y'all? This is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio at ApologiaRadio.com. Want to talk to you guys about an amazing connection that we have right now with Whitfield Theological Seminary. I want you to run over to Whitfield.edu, Whitfield.edu, W-H-I-T-E-F-I-E-L-D.edu. I want you to check out the programs they have. They have undergraduate programs at Whitfield College, and they also have Whitfield Theological Seminary for the graduate degree and above and beyond. I, I think you'll really be impressed with the rigorous nature of the classes, the consistent biblical worldview taught and adhered to. I want you to contact Whitfield Theological Seminary at whitfield.edu. Get a hold of our friend, Dr. Kenneth Talbot, and start your classes today. ApologiaRadio.com. So as I said, I want to make sure that I can please all of our listeners with maybe a music style that they would appreciate. I don't right, know. yeah. So we're going to out the classic. We'll, we'll take Outcast and we'll bring it into more of a choir with some older folks okay. singing it. I think you know. I mean, I'm going to make. I mean, Luke will in a moment here. He will take over and he will play some um, some interesting hooks. <laughs> Luke will be on the ones and twos. <laughs> All right. I got another compliment on Sunday, by the way, by the music that I play. Did you really? I did. From who? Play. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, we're, well, well good for him. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> um, all right. So we are back, and we're going to talk more about apologetics and atheism. And so I thought we could do that by way of an introduction. I think we can all join in on this discussion. So um, I just discovered, actually recently like within the last three weeks that i'm doing a debate at the bonson conference um again a panel debate uh Cy and myself uh versus some atheists so i looked uh him up and one of the guys uh is called bruce the atheist bruce gleason i guess is his uh real name he's the one from he's in finding nemo finding nemo what do you mean oh no that was bruce the shark bruce the shark Sorry. bruce the shark finding nemo Okay. Yeah. Marcus, yeah. Uh, I'm Marcus there. is not even. Hi. Yeah, you know you're uh, a dad. You know there. you're you know you're a dad when you know the characters and all these you shows. You know Finding Nemo. I know. I'm just trying to play cool right now. <laughs> I I used to be. I'm in, freaking out on the inside. <laughs> I'm like Finding Dory's coming out in 2019, y'all. 2019? Is it 19? No, that no, no, long? no. No, it's 17. I don't know. Wow. It's still a ways away. It's a long ways away. So anyway, I'm, good dinosaur comes out though. Yes, sir. Good Over, dinosaur. What's yeah, that? It's, it's uh, a new Pixar movie. It's a new Pixar movie. It comes out in a few weeks, right? November. Yeah, November nineteenth, okay. I think. 
All right, 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 all right. So I look him up, and in this particular video, he's wearing a shirt that says, "I used to be an be atheist until I realized I'm God." That's the shirt he's wearing. I used about right. I used to be atheist until I realized I'm God. So he's not an atheist anymore. So he should be known as Bruce the God. Bruce the Bruce the Bruce. the personal theist. Um, all right. Did I say Bruce? Bruce. <laughs> Bruce. Like Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm a, high school, Billy. <laughs> I just call it Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I used to be atheist until I realized I'm God. Here is a video of Bruce explaining why I'm an atheist. My name is Bruce Gleason and I'm an atheist and this is why I'm an atheist. After looking at all the different religions of the world, I find out that everybody believes their religion for the same reasons. I think that after discovering that all the religions are simply superstitions and cultures that believe in non-rational ideas, that atheism is my choice to have a life stance uh, that believes in rationalism, science and evolution. I think that atheism is a very good life stance because it absolves you of all of the superstitions that you have in all of the other religions. So for atheism. I can be a good and moral person without believing in religion simply by, by abiding by my inner compass of morality that evolution has given me. Oh, my hand almost started hurting <laughs> writing all that stuff down. Why? Why? <laughs> um, so Bruce the Atheist uh, believes that all these religions believe what they believe for the same reason. Superstitions, they are not rational. And so he chooses as his life stance um, atheism because he believes in rationalism, science, and evolution. He believes that he can be good and moral as an atheist by abiding by his inner Compass. Okay, there's a lot to talk about there. So let's uh, first talk about the fact that Bruce the Atheist is, uh, as far as I read on the stuff from the Bonson Conference, a naturalistic materialist. So he's a naturalist. He believes there's nothing transcendent, nothing beyond the natural. He's a materialist, meaning that all of reality uh, essentially is matter, matter in motion. And so he's a naturalist, mater- naturalistic materialist. Uh, so that's important to pay attention to as we discuss this um, a little clip that he he put up online and as to why he's an atheist. So here's the first thing to point out. Um, uh, Here you have somebody that believes uh, that our ancestors um, originally were highly evolved societies of bacteria, that um, that we live in a universe that is unguided, that is ungoverned. And here he is heralding the beauty and the wonder and the goodness of rationalism and science. Now, here's the first thing I would point out to him before dealing with really the absurd um, notion that um, there is any such thing as good um, in an atheist uh, worldview. Um, It's important to to pay attention to the fact that you have somebody here heralding, again, the goodness and um, uh, beauty of rationalism and science who does not have a worldview that can comport with that statement. In other words, a person who believes that we live in an unguided, unpurposed universe who believes that we evolved from fish 
to where we're at today, that there is no justice ahead of us. A person who believes all those things doesn't have any right to the tools of rationalism or science because rationalism assumes that there is an ultimate standard of truth. Rationalism assumes that there are invisible, I would say immaterial, universal, invariant, that is unchanging laws of logic, laws of thought that we must hold to, that we're obligated to hold to. Uh, Science assumes the principle of induction, that uh, nature is uniform, that the future will be like the past, that we can actually, based upon past experience, project into, f- into the future um, what will be. Now, if you have a universe that this man believes in, which is ultimately ungoverned, unguided, and not purpose, then you have a universe that is just time and chance acting on matter. If everything is matter... Why does anything matter? Nothing does matter, exactly. Time and chance Why acting matter on... matter matter? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, time and chance acting on matter does not give rise to scientific inquiry or a coherent appeal to it. Uh, time and chance acting on matter does not give you laws of thought, laws of any sort, laws of any kind. And time and chance acting on matter... Um, does not give to us any moral obligation whatsoever to have integrity when discussing rational ideas or scientific observation. In other words, if we just have the universe this man is suggesting, then we don't have any basis to demand of others honesty and integrity when we engage in discussion, rational discussion about what the evidence is. So watch what's happening here. Here is an atheist, a professed atheist, who has to borrow from the Christian worldview in order to make sense of his own. Here's an atheist who is speaking out about things that do not comport with his atheism. He is a living and a breathing contradiction. And so when Bruce the Atheist makes these appeals and says, oh, religion is just superstition, I would say this. Ready? It's important, uh, and it's a big one, and I say it often. So what, Bruce? So what? Now, of course, I reject that claim that, that all religion is superstition, because Christianity certainly isn't. I do accept the fact that there are religions that are, su- that are full of superstitions. But, but here's my answer to Bruce the Atheist's charge that all religions are superstitions or based upon superstitions. So what? You're an atheist. Bruce, try to remember where you're standing. Because what I see is a person that's living inconsistently with his worldview. He cannot provide the preconditions necessary to make an intelligible appeal to rational rationalism. In other words, here's a man who's chastising religion for being superstitious, who believes ultimately that we are in an unguided universe and all of us are matter in motion. Mm. Why are you chastising other bags of stardust, other bags of chemicals, for believing in stup- superstitions? Is that, is that somehow morally wrong or low? Is there something intellectually low or base in believing in superstitions? Is there something wrong with that? Is there a standard we're all supposed to hold to? And Bruce, when he says that he can be good and moral by abiding by his inner compass, mm-hmm. well, you see, Bruce, that's what lots of people do. They abide by their inner compass, and for some reason, atheists like you believe that they should be in jail. Why is that, do you think? Why is that that Bruce believes he can abide by his moral compass his internal moral compass but he doesn't allow others to do the same so when someone rapes steals lies perjures themselves when somebody molests a child they're abiding by their own immoral compass and guess what they are another random result of evolutionary processes in a universe that doesn't care don't forget that and bruce isn't in charge of them and so really what you have with bruce the atheist is moral anarchy Mm. 
It's just moral anarchy. It's one person's personal preference over against another's, and there is no ultimate standard. And so Bruce has no basis, no justification, no rational warrant to be appealing to morals at all. All he has is a personal preference. And I gotta say it once again, what bags of stardust do to other bags of stardust in a godless universe is morally irrelevant. It doesn't matter. And what you have here is a man like Bruce the Atheist who does know God in his heart of hearts, who can't help living in God's world the way that God made him. As image of God, he's going to desire for things to be consistent, for things to be rational. But as an atheist, he fundamentally distorts his own position by appealing to rationality, all the while denying the foundations of rationality. Without God, without God's mind, you have no basis to appeal to logic, universal laws, any law at all, and you certainly don't have a right to science. Logical inquiry, evidence, scientific method, all those things depend upon God, the God who's revealed himself in time and in space. Bruce the Atheist, his problem is not, is not evidence, it's not rationalism or a lack thereof, His problem is rebellion against his creator, and it's as obvious as the nose on his face. Yes. All right. I was going to just say. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. Go ahead. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Maybe I'll give Bruce the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he doesn't understand how a compass works. You know, the way that works, there's a law of nature that makes it. directs it. Makes it and directs it and always makes a point, you know, north. Or wherever direction it's in. And so maybe he doesn't understand that. So if he's following his compass, so-called compass that's inside of him, my question is what law or who or what is guiding and directing that compass? And like compasses can't be wrong, right? Like because they just work. So what happens if somebody doesn't have... functioning properly, yes. yes. Right. What happens if somebody, you know, is immoral and does something, you know, like rape, like... Is, is that his moral compass just right. broken? or Yeah. Well, that's just the point, is that, that Bruce the Atheist has no complaint, ultimately, no, no coherent complaint against the rapist, against the liar, against the thief, because they're just living according to their own personal inner moral compass. Because all Bruce has as an atheist is he has his personal preference. Now, he might say, well, we got to do what's good for, for humanity. Okay, so you want utilitarianism, the, the best thing for the most possible people. But you see, that's a personal preference that I don't have to follow in an right. atheistic universe. You're, quit imposing your morality upon me. It's amazing, isn't right. it? The atheists want to impose their personal preferences upon other bags of chemicals, but they don't have any right to do that right. because there is no God. Or like what makes something good for a society. Right. Right. right like, so, I mean... Was the extermination of the Jews good for Germans? Hey, I mean, Germany went along with it. If you're going to say the society by convention determines what's moral, then Stalin's fine, Mao is fine, Pol Pot is fine, Hitler is fine. And, you know, let's be honest... In early in America, in our early history, the the um, issue of slavery was not wrong. Yeah, that's what society went along with. Yeah. What if you did like a a, a secular view of immigration, and we we're like, hey, let's just get rid of these immigrants, so there's more food for us, mm. right? We don't need immigrants here. There's more food for us. Well, it's good for our society. Mm-hmm. Just good exterminate any illegal immigrant and just get them rid of, get rid of them. A lot of people think that way anyway. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a Christian position, but no. But but what I'm saying is like what would make that view 
immoral. Yeah. Because it helps the society, right? More jobs. That's what they say. More yeah. jobs, more income. What if, what if it, we thought it was a good idea to exterminate 3,000 babies per day? Mm. Mm. I wonder if that would happen. Um, but it's good for the society, right? right. I think he would say oh, yeah. he would probably say abortion is yeah. good for the greater society, so therefore it's okay. Yeah. So if you have a guy that says my own inner moral compass, who believes that our ancestors were highly evolved societies of bacteria, then you you have a person in front of you that again is a living, breathing contradiction because they're appealing to things that just do not fit within their worldview. And if he says, well, if we don't do good things, if we don't take care of one another, if we don't actually love one another, then we're going to have a society that actually destroys itself. And my answer to that is, so what? You're an atheist. We don't cry about that. When when bacteria uh, eats up other things, we don't cry about that. It's just mm. doing what it does in these conditions. We, we're in a godless universe. Remember. And so what atheists want to do is pull on the intellectual strings of people's minds and the emotional heartstrings of people as image bearers of God, making appeals to things that simply do not fit their position. Again, if you want to say you hold to your own inner moral compass and that's why you can be good, you're assuming a standard of good. You don't have an ultimate standard of good in atheism. All you have is preferences and you have no ability to chastise any other mm. random result of evolution for their decisions. We, we, we have to acknowledge the absurdity of prisons in atheism. You've just got random results of evolution in a universe of time and chance acting on matter, just doing what they do in these conditions. So what? And, and if you say, well, society determines by convention what is moral, well, then you have no complaint against all the regimes in history that slaughtered untold millions of people. Mm -hmm. And we have to point out the result of... Uh, atheistic communist regimes in history that have killed far more people in, the, in history mm. in the last couple hundred years than anybody ever has in any quote-unquote religious war. Yeah. And it was the atheistic frame of reference and life stance <laughs> that led to that uh, regime. It also makes it impossible to be a moral reformer. Absolutely. You can't be like Martin Luther King. You can't be... Mm. Like Martin Luther, because, uh, you know, or, or the guys who abolished slavery. That's right. Because they're going against society. They're doing something technically immoral at that time. Mm -hmm. Everyone needs to listen to what Marcus just said. Great point. That's exactly okay. right. Convention, if we determine morality based on society's conventions, mm -hmm. then that means that society determines what is moral. So there is no room in that system for um, any moral change, because if you speak out against the convention... You're the immoral one. Right. Because they've already determined what's moral. Right. So there's no room ever for moral transformation in a culture. Right. And again... Every every moral reformer has to be a criminal at some point. Yes. And they, they just mm. are a criminal who succeeded... Who succeeded. Mm. Yeah, and That's convincing people to change to a more immoral position. Right. Right. Yeah. And okay. uh, yeah, pe people just have to pay attention to the fact that when, when atheists will fall back on that argumentation... They have demonstrated the utter futility of their position because to even speak of moral transformation assumes an objective standard of good right. that we are falling short of. That's right. So to even discuss moral transformation, the moment the atheist opens his mouth about it or her mouth about it, they're granting that there is an objective standard of good that exists outside of my preference, your preference, and society's preferences. It is a standard of good that exists beyond our agreement with it. And I want to point out that when Bruce the Atheist speaks like this, he reveals what he's hiding up his sleeve. The knowledge of God that he has 
that is so obvious. And his, the answer for him is the same answer that I need and everybody needs. The grace of God and salvation in and through Jesus Christ and his work alone. Amen. And so that was Bruce the Atheist. Are we, are we up on the segment? Do we already have 15 we minutes? Already, oh, we already went, yeah, we we went over. We went right. way past right, that. Quick Negative break. four minutes. Okay, quick break. Quick break. Let you guys stop. Maybe get a drink and do what you got to do. Uh, maybe rewind what we just talked about and maybe think through it a little bit. Maybe have a conversation with somebody sitting next to you about what we just talked about. It's good to digest it. It's good to talk about it because these are important things. They're weighty things. Things that impact eternity. Be right back with King Ginger, the bear, the ninja. ApologiaRadio.com. Hi, this is Warner with Apologia Radio. I want to ask for y'all good friends of ours to go on and click that button there and become my friends on the book face. Facebook backslash Paul Drew Radio. Become my friend on YouTube. That there t- uh, twerker. The twerker. I want to I want to talk to you on the twerking. And send me out a twerk. What? Where, what? Twitter. Apology Radio on Twitter. I also want to tell you we talk about apologetics and theology and we do a lot of swing dancing and we make a delicious chicken gravy. Apologetradio.com The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Psalm 14, 1. It's interesting because that passage is not God engaging in capricious name-calling. When God calls somebody a fool in the scriptures, it's not simply talking about their intellectual powers, but it's a moral indictment upon them. They will not engage their reasoning in such a way as to accept what is obvious to all of us. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Romans 1 says, professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged God for idols. And their, thoughts, the Bible says. their thoughts became futile. And the Bible says. Bruce the atheist, excellent display of the futility of thought when you reject your creator is that you can construct very sophisticated systems that are ultimately based upon a foundation of sand. All right, we're back. <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm good. I, I think you should turn that Urban Mate label around because they are not a sponsor. Unless they want to become supporters and donating to Apologia. Is, oh. Nike, is Nike sponsoring they wouldn't even have. They wouldn't even have to be a financial sponsor. They just need to like have like IVs with Herba Mate just constantly stuck as we I walk around. I would like around. that. I like, amazing, I love it? the Herba Mate. Yeah. If you guys have not... Maybe like instead of a water cooler, just an Herba Mate, Herba Mate Herba cooler. Herba Mate. If you have not partaken... You got the Herba Mate. And what, they, what, what, what the woodpecker say? Yerba mate? Yerba mate. Yerba mate. Yerba mate. 
Hello, you have a mate. You got me addicted to that stuff. It's the best stuff I've ever it's, had. And in terms it's very of good drink. for you. It's very yeah. good for you. It's much better than those energy drinks that you drink that are going to kill I you. I don't drink those anymore, well, though. I'm Praise glad that you saw I go to Urban Mate. Good. Urban Mate. Urban Mate. Ur- All right. <laughs> oh, Luke the Bear, you have something you want to do. Kind of fun. Let's play a game. Let's Uh-oh. play a game. I need you to turn down your okay, Pass Fire uh, music, okay. though. Yeah. <laughs> Let's play a game. And this okay. game has to do with... Uh... I'll, I'll explain. So okay. The game is called... Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Okay. I love it. All right. Okay. So... It's I couldn't help but noticing listening to Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. That he, do- <laughs> that he sounds an awful lot like Bill the Butcher. Hi, from, folks. It's Bill Bernie the from, um, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. It's Bernie Sanders. Bill the Butcher Stay from, from I feel Gangs, like, of, New- Gangs I don't, of New York. I don't feel safe around Bernie. Give, me a, give no. everybody your money. No. Who has money? No. Give it to him. <laughs> Who has money? No, give it Bernie. to that guy. No, Bernie. He doesn't okay. have enough. Bernie, no. No, give it to him. That's my, no. it's my money. So what I'm going to do <laughs> is I got four clips. Okay. And I want you guys to tell me if it's Bill the Butcher. Okay. Who is Bill the Butcher? I don't From know. Who. Gangs of New York. I Gangs showed of you New the York. Clip. I've never seen that movie. Well, this will make it even better then. Cause hey, man, don't give me that face. People can see that face now. It's radio, Gangs man. Gangs of That's New York. Okay. It'll be even better then because then you might not be able to tell who it is. Okay. Okay, here's Bernie first, Sanders. First, first clip. Bernie Sanders or Bill the Butcher? Is it dangerous? How okay, well, that already ruined the clip. Oh, Luke. I think we've got to be honest. There are a lot of things that we do very, very well. Well, that was supposed to be the clip, and it didn't play where I wanted to. So who was it? Bernie Sanders or Bill the Butcher? That was Bernie Sanders. Okay. I yeah. win. That was me. That was a good interview. That guy had too much money. Uh. And so I took some of it and uh, gave it to that guy. How much money do you have, Bernie? I got, look, I got enough. <laughs> and it's not going to no one but me. <laughs> All right, give that to him. It's about what you do, not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for the poor in your country. <laughs> okay. Jeez, Jesus and the Samaritan <laughs> story. Am I, you, am I, do I still have you with he, me? He, he, the, so you're saying the Samaritan had to, by threat of government force, Help the Samaritans. This is what the text says, Marcus. Yeah. I don't know if you've read the Bible. Okay. <laughs> if you've ever read Marcus, it. how much money do you have on you today? Uh, Give it to I'm him. I'm not telling you. Give it to him. Probably not a lot. <laughs> okay. Next clip. Okay. I killed the last honorable man 15 years ago since then. Bill the Butcher or that Bernie was, Sanders? That was Bernie Sanders talking about abortion at, <laughs> at, at, a, at a Christian university. <laughs> was that at Liberty, I think? Maybe? At Liberty. He was t- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, okay. the, all those poor, helpless babies. Yeah. Don't want to help them. What I'm saying is I, I have not at any point in this conversation been partisan. I, I just want to make sure everyone understands that socialism is the only acceptable <laughs> worldview. That's not a partisan statement. <laughs> what do you think about Hillary Clinton's emails? Look, can we shut up about the emails and just talk <laughs> about socialism? Okay. Real quick. Yes. Did you notice that during the debate, it was there was a news article and Webster.com noticed a spike in oh, dictionary definitions 
for socialism. Really? Yeah. People well, watching what's that mean? Like, what, what does socialism mean? Oh, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> that is very scary. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he calls himself a socialist. Our nation is not <laughs> in a good place to be studying yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like they ask, they ask Hillary Clinton, are you a social progressive or are you a socialist? I'm a social progressive. Bernie Sanders goes... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a socialist. I'm a socialist. I just like to steal. <laughs> Don't coat the theft language. At least you're honest about it, though. Well, well, I, mean, I, I like I like other people's stuff. <laughs> All right, I think we should be able to take this. Are you with me? Thank you. You know. <laughs> okay, okay. Next clip. Bill the Butcher, Bernie Sanders. Whoopsie Daisy. <laughs> that was that was me. At the DNC debate when I forgot my notes. <laughs> I couldn't find them and my iPad wasn't charged. This iPad is done by a corporate pig company and I utilize their accessories mostly to promote my socialism. <laughs> yeah, okay. Apple is the top 1%. Yeah, and they should, we should take their money. <laughs> this is all that I'm trying to say. Right. Final clip. They should just give out free iPads to everybody. Yeah, well, everything should be free. <laughs> right. I'm not okay. sure if you know this. <laughs> now, in my view, and I say this as somebody whose voice is hoarse because I have given dozens of speeches in the last... That is, that's from Gangs of New York. That's certainly not me. <laughs> that's after the big battle in the five boroughs. <laughs> See, if you, yeah, if you, yeah, yeah, no clue. But it's a good, well, okay. a good, right. uh, yeah, I think that was Bill the Butcher, actually. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> All right, is that it? Yeah, it was that. That's a fun clothes. game. I like that yeah. game. We should Don't do they that. sound very, very similar? I, I really, yeah, I think they do. Yeah. They do. And Annie sees. Daisy. Annie sounds exactly like uh, the guy from Spaceballs. May the swords be with you. you, Marcus, you. Marcus, Marcus apparently doesn't understand that, though. Spaceballs. I'm coming around. I'm coming Spaceballs. around. Spaceballs. Well, see, you were a little young for that. Spaceballs is like when I was a kid. Like, yeah, that I think I saw Spaceballs when it came out in the theater. Like, right, that tells right. you how old I am. Like, yeah. How old are you, Marcus? 31. 31. Wow. Such a baby. Yeah. You're a baby, but even babies <sighs> should pay up. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. <laughs> All right. Okay, so where, where are we at here? Okay, so, uh, hey, oh, this would be good to talk about real fast. Um, so we did a show, um, uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? And it, No, it was last week's show. It was on um, gun control. And so I point you guys to that show, also the show we did about two years ago. Uh, guns, Dr. Bonson, and Lady Bits. Just Google that on Apologia Radio, and you can like get that show. Listen to the debate between Dr. Greg Bonson and a liberal PCUSA um, pastor. Um, not Presbyterian. Not not really. Not really Presbyterian. Not, not really Presbyterian. No, no. I, I definitely accept that. Somebody um, came up to me at church. Funny story. Somebody came up to me at church at Apologia. Yeah. And they go, hey, I got some family, and uh, you're looking for a, a, a Presbyterian church in the area. Uh, it's PCUSA, right? Like that's ah! what they show like. I was like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. So just no. you know, make that clarification. I am. Um, I I used to go to a PCUSA church. I loved it. Taught, they taught from the not Bible. So they pa- they pass the <laughs> offering plate around, and you just take. Yeah, you pass it around and give it to everybody else. 
<laughs> um, okay, so we did the show, um, and uh, it was about gun control. And man, where does it stop with the examples that you can give on a daily, weekly basis of how important it is that we are able to love our neighbors uh, enough to be able to be armed to protect them? It's a it's a, it's a moral issue, and to give them all our money. Yeah, it's about yeah, it's about uh, I want to take your guns and your money. I want to give the money to others and then destroy the guns. Thank you, you know. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, warning graphic video. I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> I, I, I think he did better than Hillary at the debate last night. <laughs> yeah. Which is really terrifying. Scary. scary. And the problem <laughs> is that the human heart is so fallen, so wicked, that it loves larceny. It Free loves stuff. It loves theft. <laughs> hey. We love theft. We love to steal. Yeah. And uh, loving to steal. Um, Open change. Yeah, is it called? Emphasis on change. Yeah, yeah. Give me change. That's right. Give me your change. <laughs> give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, me a change. change. Um, anyway, warning graphic video. How long does it take an armed citizen to take out a terrorist? About 17 seconds. It's on concealednation.org. Um, this video is just... Is it going to make sense on radio? Man, I'm not going to play it. I'm just oh, going to okay. talk about it. I gotta tell you guys, this was just horrific to watch. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. It was a terrorist attack. A Palestinian terrorist drove his vehicle into a group of several people waiting at a bus stop. He then exited his car with a meat cleaver and began attacking the wounded and others with the implement. Oh, guys, brothers and sisters, this was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, the the f- full footage is online. And this man crashes into a bus stop and just you see bodies fly and they're flailing in the air and um, they're trying to get up and he jumps out with a meat cleaver and it is just unbelievable. And he is going crazy with this thing. And thank God, I guess it's 17 seconds exactly, that there was a concealed carry person uh, there that pulls up their gun and stopped this man. And he was so full of hate and murder that even after being shot numerous times, he's trying to get up to swing at the guy shooting him, which is the guy's within feet of him. But who knows how long this would have gone on if not for this person that was able to be there to love their neighbor um, with a weapon and an equalizer because he had a meat cleaver and everybody was just, I mean, just just being slaughtered by this guy. And they so, better outlaw meat cleavers then. You know, I mean, he didn't even attack with a weapon. That's exactly right. You're exactly right. I mean, that's... I Did mean, you have a concealed carry permit for that cleaver? Right. You could buy a cleaver anywhere. I mean, uh, that's that's available to, to anybody, anywhere. And, and it just goes to show the problem is not with the weapon, but with the human heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's only the gospel that's going to transform people. And uh, we, we got to just, as Christians, embrace that. Like, it's the gospel that transforms people, not legislation that bans um, inanimate objects right uh that's just foolish people will you take people's guns away from them romans 3 their feet are swift to shed blood they will find a way to destroy another human being image bearer with with without the weapon that you took away they'll find a way to do it with uh, a fist uh, they will do it with a I, knife they'll i heard, do it with you, a I, heard hammer. You, I heard you talking on iron sharpens iron you could kill anybody with anything yes <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I, I plugged yeah, for that show. Sure. I, I did a show, Iron Sharpens Iron, with Chris Arnzen, and it should be coming out soon. I did a two-hour show on martial arts, uh, Christians and martial arts. And so you you really liked that show. You blew my mind. Really? Yes. I'm surprised, because I didn't think you really were into I was it. just sitting there. I was just had the headphones on, listening to the show while you were talking to him. And all of a sudden, you say, oh, yeah, and I was in uh, Age of Empires 2. Age of Empires 2. The game. Yeah. And like... 
Like my geeky teenage heart just like exploded with glee. Yeah, Age of Empires 2, I did the... Uh, I just wanted to like set up a booth and like have you take signatures. <laughs> like right there, I was like, this is crazy. It's funny because when we did Age of Empires 2, that was when motion capture was getting really big and the studio that we filmed it at, Rainbow Studios, was one of the, the premier places that was really making motion capture what it mm-hmm. is today. Um, and uh, and so I did yeah I did the stunt work for that I did the uh, I did uh, all the fight scenes for that for the the all the motion clips that are b- before and I think in the middle of the game somewhere but uh, yeah I almost broke my friend's arm with a mallet wow. because I was using it as a as a hammer and it broke through the wood shield we were using and almost shattered his his arm oh wow yeah um, so anyway go check that out we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back we're gonna talk about some more atheism I think we're gonna play a clip where Sai and I. Uh, debate an atheist on the air. Mount Sinai. If you guys haven't heard that yet, um, you're going to hear Sinai. it now. So we will be right back. ApologiaRadio.com. Good day. I'm Adam. And I'm Zeb. And we host the Reformed and Reloaded podcast. Each week we bring scripture to bear on the news, issues, and politics of the firearm culture in the United States. We talk about manly things like berettas, beards, and biblical theology. So join us as we shoot our way through the issues of the day. It's a real blast. See what I did there? Yeah, I saw it. That was pretty good. Come on. Don't forget, guys, you can be a part of Apologia Church's ministry by donating monthly. Um, you get the all-access, and you help us to do all of this work and all this ministry. We have all kinds of stuff coming up soon you're going to be able to see. That's, we just um, did a show with Ken Ham. Yes! It was awesome. It was incredible. I was yeah. actually on the show. I was geeking out. And let me just say, mm-hmm. me and Ken Ham... Had the greatest conversation. You had a connection that no one else in the room we had. We did, yeah, because me and Ken Ham had a conversation about Doctor Who. Yeah, he's a big Doctor Who fan. Who? <laughs> he doesn't get it's it. A shame. Um, you guys are embarrassing. So yeah, that Ken Ham <laughs> episode will be up no. soon, and uh, I think you guys really enjoy. We talked about his Ark encounter. Um, and the Creation Museum a little bit, but it was a lot of fun. Ken Ham is a is a great guy to interview. Yeah. I really had a great time. It sounds with him. like a, it sounds like some kind of story. His Ark encounter, like what happened? Yeah, he encountered the Ark. Oh, what 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 happened? <laughs> 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 um, Looks oh, like we're gonna be do might be doing some cool things with Answers uh, in Genesis. Yeah. And, and we did get a private it, invitation from him for yes, something cool. Yeah, yeah, so you guys all get chance to see it. We'll figure it out. All access at ApologiaRadio.com. You get everything that we've ever done and more. And you participate with us in ministry, helping us to do what we're doing. So by donating to the Ministry of Apology at Church, you participate with us so we can do more to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. So again, thank you guys for all you guys that are. Um, okay, so this was a really interesting thing. We had Cy Tenbruggen, Kate, uh, who we're actually going to have on soon in the studio. Um, we had Cy on a couple year, uh, years ago with his movie, um, How to Answer the Fool, and in How to Answer the Fool, Sai demonstrated um, the Reformed apologetic, the biblical apologetic, that is um, standing on the Word of God and really pushing the antithesis, really coming after their worldview, showing that they do know God, 
and showing the collapse and the futility of atheism. Well, we had Sai on the show, and it was really interesting because we I contacted, I think he was the president of the Atheist Society at... ASU. MCC at the time. Oh, you're right. Yeah, right. Was it was yes. like the end uh, of the, the secularist club yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And then now he's, I think, yeah. I think, I think something with ASU. Yeah, he's like um, the head dude at ASU. Uh, so his name was Andre, and he was super sweet guy. Super nice guy. Super, super nice guy. I really liked him. And uh, anyway, we had him in the studio, invited him to come on to discuss um, uh, atheism. And when he was on, we did the second hour with him. First hour was a sign I laying down the foundation. Second hour was us talking to this uh, uh, Andre, and then we were still in the studio, but the the sh- the show there, you know, stopped. But we we were still recording, and so we kept going for another hour. And so it, it was just really great. And I th- if you haven't listened to it yet, I think it'll really bless you. ApologiaRadio.com. Answering the Fool with Saiten Bruggen Kate. It's like, it's almost like a three hour episode, mm-hmm. but that is actually. Did you know this, Marcus? That's our most downloaded episode in history, over three hundred thousand. Wow, three hundred thousand downloads. Amazing. Yeah, just speaking of hundreds of thousands of downloads. Yes, this week we surpassed one million. One million downloads of Apologia Radio. Yeah, That's a lot. Uh, yeah, we we we. I think we were there before, but now. Am I right about that? Because we used when we looked at the numbers before between the app and the uh, the the site, but that's now the official numbers through the site and the iTunes. Yeah, right. So over it was like one million what? Uh, downloads. Just uh, no, I know that. Yeah, it was like one yeah. million and what? Like thirty oh, some thousand. Oh, one million five thousand. Okay, sweet. Like. Right, right on. Yeah. Thank you guys for for doing that with us, guys. The downloads and participating with us. That's awesome. That's awesome. One and, million uh, okay, downloads. All right, ready to go. This was a big number. Uh, this is it is. This is a portion. Of the discussion on the radio when the official show, at least the first half of the show, is over. And so the conversation is really starting to pick up here. And, you know, that's uh, one thing I respect about about the two of you while engaging uh, me in this discussion is you do at least acknowledge that as part of your, your worldview, you have to. Uh, worry about the the well being of other people's souls. Um, this is this is something that gets missed in discussion often. And when I, uh, it's difficult for me to find uh, a a Christian who can stand by the conviction of their belief and actually attempt to save people. Um, that yeah, and we mean that so too, Andre. We we care for you um, deeply. But keep in mind, we can't save save people. We're just speaking the truth in love, and hopefully that God saves you. Yeah. Of course, and I, I understand, and I, I respect uh, I respect your your willingness to discuss this with me. Um, but I mean, for me, the the idea that I, I would be put in a situation where I could doubt the existence of a creator um, because of a lack of, of sufficient uh, empirical evidence, um, and then be punished for that. It just seems incredibly wicked. Well, the thing to is, me. we deny that um, curse. We, we yeah, say that well, you have sufficient evidence, but you yeah. suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Like well, the very you, fact that you bring up empirical evidence assumes things that do not comport with your mm-hmm. atheism. Because empirical well, how, evidence... How, what, how do you know that I do, in fact, have truth that I'm denying? Is there any way for you to God know what us. I am thinking? Yeah, well, I'm, I can tell you right now what God says about you with certainty, and watch this. You're evidencing what God says about you. For example, you talk about empirical evidence. Empirical evidence assumes that induction holds, that the future would be like the past. You would have to have induction, uh, the principle of induction, and the uniformity in nature, the future being like the past, to have empirical evidence mean well, anything. Well, this would something which but is theoretical, this, no, 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 no. But watch this because you appeal to it right now. You haven't thought for even one second this whole two hours you've been here. You haven't thought you're going to float away out of your chair to the ceiling. How, well, come, you, how come you've made that assumption? Because you're, my experience tells me otherwise. Right, but you can't justify an appeal to the future being like the past because you don't believe in a sovereign God, the sovereign God who carries the universe along. You are living by blind faith. And then 
Except then, over the course of the 24 years that I've, I've been alive, the future has consistently been the past. The past, the, the past, the past, the future yeah. will be like the past because it has been like the past is circular. It's viciously circular. Well, I, I'm not yeah. disagreeing with that. I'm, okay. I'm just then, saying that. Then you can't that make I, an appeal against well, God. What, I, what, altern, what alternative position could I take other than Christ? Uh, Christ. Christ. Turn from sin to God and trust in him, Andre, for forgiveness and salvation. You're making appeals. You look like a Christian right now. You're appealing to uniformity <laughs> in nature, laws of logic, I don't moral know if that's a compliment. You're a sweet a, guy. Uh, no, I'm, it's, a comp- <laughs> it's, it's in sense a compliment. I'm showing you that um, you're made in the image of God, and you're displaying it all over your life right now. And the reason that, that you're in the position you're in is because, just like us before Christ, you're sin, and you need to turn well, from that to Christ for forgiveness. Well, see, this is the thing is— um, I, I... So there you go. That was, I, I hopefully, um, uh, I mean, it's a real conversation that I really meant with a real person, but I hope that it— I hope it does display that process that we need to go through with the atheists to show them the sinful suppression of truth so that we can call them to repentance. Mm -hmm. Like if people ask, like, why are you so passionate about presuppositional apologetics? Well, I think obviously because it's biblical, but that's why I'm so passionate about presuppositional apologetics because that that's a gospel conversation. Mm -hmm. We didn't just bring up like, uh, you know, let's, okay, you pile up your evidence over here mm. and I'll pile mine up over here. Mine would win, by the way. Mine would win, by the way. Mm. Okay, that's, I, I believe that with all my heart in the sense of evidence for God. But we're not doing that. We're actually, you know, because that doesn't, that doesn't get us to a place where we can actually talk about Jesus and repentance and faith. That's like, all right, what do you think? Do you think the scale is going to balance now in my favor or your favor? And uh, which God? Hey, which God are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Is it general God? Is it the Muslim God? Is it you know? Right. What? And so, like, if if people say, well, "Why are you so passionate about it? Why does it really matter?" That's why it matters. That's why it matters. Marcus, you you participated in the film How to Answer the Fool. I did. Why? That had something to do with it? Why would you invest? You? Your, why would you? Yeah, yes, a little bit. Why would you invest your life in promoting? And helping to produce in some way that film. Oh, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. I was like, <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, I, I think it's important because that movie really will show you exactly the problem with evidentialism, like where it leads to, in terms of like, you know, when you have William Lane Craig saying, "Well, I'm not proving the Christian God." I'm just proving that there is a God. He said, you should be happy. I'm not yeah. talking about the Christian yeah, God. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you certain God exists? No. <laughs> right, right. So you see all that stuff, and and, 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 and I think the film, like, Sai does a great job of really, like, breaking down what presuppositional apologetics is to, like, a really basic level. And I guess that's a good teaser for, like, next week, and we're going to be hitting up the college campuses and stuff, too, right? Yes. Yeah. Glory. I, be awesome. I, I, yeah, we, uh, Sai and I are planning on going out uh, on the streets to hit the campus at ASU and to uh, try to get into some con- some gospel yeah. conversations. We gotta we gotta talk to Sai about maybe for all 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 our all access members, maybe do a, maybe a movie or something. Ooh, that'd be interesting. All access members. Uh-huh. In addition to. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, the bait and dill the hunty. 
Okay, in in case anybody doesn't really maybe how to answer the fool, yeah, (laughs) debatingdillahunty.com. In case anybody doesn't uh, believe or just can't believe that uh, that was actually said that way, let's go ahead and play the clip of William Lane Craig with Lawrence Krauss uh, after he was asked, "Are you certain God exists?" The point is that that we don't we don't claim to know everything. That's that's the whole point. We don't claim certainty, and that's great. Well, do you claim certainty? No, no. I, I, I don't get that. No, are you certain that God exists? No. Good. No. Are you? No. Are you? Wait, s- that was William Lane Craig. That William said, Lane no. Craig. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Are you certain God exists? No. I, I mean, nice. he's passionate about it. He's passionate about. How dare you his uncertainty. That. No. Don't wow. be silly. Don't be silly. We're not sure Jesus rose from the dead. We're not sure that he demands total obedience and allegiance. We're not sure that he calls you to die and yeah. rise from the dead. We're not sure. That is actually absolutely right. That is not a a lordship of, of view of Christ he has. No. You nah. can't have a, nah. a lordship. You can't believe that Christ is Lord if your thinking is that feeble. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, okay, so we, we obviously acknowledge that it's faith that brings us into Christ. We acknowledge that William Lane Craig believes in the deity of Christ, his righteous life and death and resurrection, repentance and faith. We understand that. Right. That doesn't mean, however, that we can't critique the system. The system itself is what I want to talk about. The exactly. system. Um, I have love for him as a professing brother in Wasn't Christ. Was an attack on him? No, yeah, no. We I was just we, saying that the we, yeah. system is no, no. That's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing. I know. I know. We want to talk. I'm just about, agreeing that you're agreeing. No, but I'm agreeing with you. I know. I'm just you're agreeing. agreeing. I'm agreeing. <laughs> together with me. Right, then we're all agreeing. together. Who's okay. on first? Unity. <laughs> the unity. Yes. Unity. unity. So as I talk about William Lane Craig, I'm going to say acknowledge him that he loves Jesus. I want to acknowledge um, the, the the really amazing skills he has to defend the resurrection. All of that, but the system itself is problematic and detrimental to the witness of the church. Okay, so that that's saying a lot, but I think you guys can see how important it is that we actually engage this in a right kind of way. Mm-hmm. The system is what's wrong. William Lane Craig is actually a very sweet man. I mean, I've seen the guy a bunch, and he's a very sweet guy. So, um, okay. You sound so, like Bernie Sanders again talking Bernie about the Sanders, system. Hey, the look, system is wrong. I just look at William Lane Craig. He defends the Messiah, and I like it. I want to know, though, how much money <laughs> did he bring to the debate? A lot. This is the question. Thank you, you know. <laughs> All right. So, um, so yeah, I, I, how long has the show we've been doing today? It's a pretty long show. Pretty long show. Um, Unfortunately, uh, I forgot to hit record on the little thing, this segment. Are you serious? But, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll be, they'll be okay. Oh, okay. We'll, I mean, we'll, it's recording now. We'll play, so we'll play. People we'll just play. like jumped in and are like, what happened to the oh. whole expo? Oh, sorry, my yeah, bad. That was yeah. me. I, and, and I, and I got to say, I'm tremendously blessed um, by the context of the church we're in right now, personally, us. Here, Marcus is a member of our church where he's a Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm speaking at a Presbyterian conference in Ireland. We're going to have uh, Presbyterians at ReformCon. Yeah, Presbyterian and Baptist at ReformCon. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah, by the way, ReformCon 2016, first week of June, we are going to have a Reform conference. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be epic. We're teaming up with Reform Pub and Reform Pubcast to do a big conference. Dr. White has it's already actually not agreed. a conference. It's a convention. Convention, a yeah. Reform convention. Yes, convention. So... Are you, who are you dressing uh, up as? Uh, I, I, cosplay? I, yeah, I'll probably not I think your son's co- going to cosplay no, or something. Not, not while I'm teaching, I won't be in cosplay. No, no, that would be but bad. I, I will, but uh, as of right now, Dr. White has already agreed. Uh, John Sampson's agreed. To cosplay? Uh, no, to oh, speak. Oh, to speak, okay. I'm speaking. Okay. Uh, we're working on our presbies right now. Um, we already have uh, Dr. Kenneth Talbot agreed. Oh, that's uh, right. We do have one presby. And uh, we're, we're working on all yeah, the other presbies right now. We'll let you guys know, and we're going to give you details 
for the first week of June 2016 here in Phoenix, Arizona, Tempe technically. We're going to have Reform Con. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited to meet all of you guys. So yeah, there you go. Another show in the can. Yeah. That's the Ginger King. Close with this verse, uh, this pet thing John Speed said. He said, I'm glad my wife keeps it local and is not a universal bride. Oh, wow. Nice. There you go. Nice. Thanks, John. Local church is important. That's John. Well played, John. Good, John Speed. Uh, that's the bear, Luke. Peace out. And uh, and our uh, ones and twos, we got our homeschool woodpecker. What's what? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and they call me the ninja, guys. Thank you guys for listening. We love all you guys. Thank you guys for being a part of all that we're doing. Thank you for your love and encouragement, your support, your prayers, everything. Bless you guys. And look forward to you guys seeing the content from the Bonson Conference. So please pray for me and pray for Cy and everyone involved. 